Stem cell research, where are we and what does the future hold for this controversial studies progress? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients by repurposing current therapies for new uses. Joining us to discuss stem cell research and possible clinical applications is Dr. Ophir Klein from the Biomedical Sciences Graduate Program at the University of California, San Francisco. Dr. Klein is an MD, PhD, and Assistant Professor of Oral Facial Sciences and Pediatrics. He was recently named a Culpeper Scholar for his work entitled Laying the Foundation for Organ Regeneration, the Continuously Growing Mouse Incisor as a Model System for the Study of Adult Stem Cells. Dr. Klein has joined us to talk about the promise of research on mouse incisor stem cells and stem cell research in general. Dr. Klein, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks for having me. So how did you decide to focus on stem cell research? Where did that come from? I think the initial impetus to work on stem cells came just from a fascination with their amazing biology. I started off working as a developmental biologist, and I think those people who are interested in development work in that area because they want to understand how a single cell can form an entire organism. And from there, that led me to stem cells because there's a similar kind of interest with the stem cells where you have often a single cell which can lead to the growth of an entire organ. And the fact that they are potentially very clinically important was exciting to me also as a clinician because I'm always thinking about ways to connect basic science with clinical medicine. How did you get started in this line of research and where do you expect it to take you? So I think that the way that we got started on this is a good argument for doing basic research and following it where where it takes you. Our first studies involved looking at a mouse that carried a particular mutation, which caused the development of extra teeth. And from there, we looked at sort of increasing the effects of that mutation. And that led to abnormalities in a very unusual kind of tooth in the mouse, which is the incisor. And this incisor is unusual because it has continuous growth, which is dependent on the presence of adult stem cells. And so at that point, we decided to focus on the stem cells themselves in the tooth. And then from there, we've continued with with the studies that we're pursuing right now. And where do you expect this to take you? If you had a crystal ball and said, well, if everything works out just great, way down in the future, people are going to know Ophir Klein because he and his lab did what? Well, our hopes are to, first of all, do the basic biology, which is really essential, and really develop an understanding of the genetic pathways and the cell biological processes that underpin the ability of the stem cells to give rise to these various tissues. And that would be important both in terms of the tooth as well as as a model for other systems. And I think, secondly, the other thing that we'd really like to do is to move this in a clinical direction by thinking about how we can apply what we've learned from our basic biology to clinical scenarios. And the the focus that we have right now is on whether or not we can use these cells to regenerate either parts of the tooth or eventually, hopefully, the entire tooth. And I think that this will be important because there's actually a lot of patients who need benefit from regenerated teeth, but also because the tooth is a perfect model for the development of larger, more complicated organs. And so in the very long term, we'd like to see what we're doing serve as a paradigm for regeneration of other systems. So for the uninitiated, your comment that a tooth is a good model for other more complicated organs sounds kind of strange. Can you sort of describe for us how a tooth that seems pretty simple might be a good model for regeneration of a liver or a kidney or something like that? Well, When you look at the adult organ, I can see how you would think this is so different in terms of comparing a tooth to a heart. There wouldn't necessarily be any generalizable lessons that you could draw. But in fact, when you look in the embryo, it turns out that many organs have very similar 
developmental processes that they undergo. And these are similar both in terms of just looking at the cells and how they interact, but I think probably even more importantly in terms of the genetic pathways that control them. So there are a fairly restricted number of pathways which are recycled, and these control the development of many, if not most, organs. So many of the things that we learn from studying one organ are generalizable to other organs. Even if the exact details are not the same, then the overall concepts are, are often quite similar. If that's true, there's only a limited number of these pathways that are used to help different organs grow, then what is it about something that turns it into a tooth versus a heart? Is it the cell that it starts with? Is it the combination? Is it the environment that it's in? What are the things that we know right now and what are we learning? Well, that's a great question. I think you've just summarized in one sentence sort of the heart of what developmental and stem cell biology is really all about. So that question sort of in a nutshell is what is what everybody who's working in this field wants to know. And I think from the way you said it, you can see what a fascinating question it is. And, and that's really what drives those of us who are interested in the beauty of the system and, and understanding how biology enables a single cell to form all these different structures. And I think the answer to your question in sort of a general sense is that it's all of those things. It's the cell that you start with, it's the particular signals that it receives, and it's the environment that it receives those signals in. The question of how a particular cell assumes a particular fate is really one of the driving questions in developmental biology. And so at this point, there's a lot that's known. Of course, there's a lot more that's not known that we still want to figure out. So what other work is being done in the field of stem cell research, and what seems to be getting us answers? What are we doing right now that's helping us find out concrete answers? Well, there's a huge number of studies obviously going on right now in the field of stem cell research. And this is a result, I think, both of the excitement, which is fueling the field, and also the really important basic biology that needs to be done. A lot of the very basic studies that are being done are similar to the ones that, that I described, being done in model systems like mice, as well as other animals that are great genetic models like the fruit fly, Drosophila, or in worms as well as in other or organisms. And then, of course, there's a huge number of studies that are being done with embryonic stem cells. As you probably know, recently a group in Japan and a group in America were able to make embryonic stem cells out of adult skin cells, both in mice and then later in humans. And I think one of the really exciting areas with embryonic stem cells is that they can be induced to differentiate into cells of various tissue types, including neural tissue or skin tissue or other types of tissues. And then those cells can be used to screen drugs that would be more difficult to screen in other formats. And so I think one of the more immediate applications of the stem cell technology will be to develop tissues of different types that can be then used either to screen drugs or maybe in the slightly longer term as replacements for damaged or destroyed tissues. So what have been the stumbling blocks that have kept stem cell research from progressing even faster? Well, I think one of the stumbling blocks is that this is a relatively new field and there's a huge amount to know. And I think the, the sort of building blocks are just being laid down right now. But that, I think, is getting better every day. I think more immediately has been the issue of funding. And as you're probably aware, one of the, the main problems has been that under the current federal administration, the use of, of federal funds, which are by far the largest source of basic biological funding in the country, has been very, very restricted when it comes to studying embryonic stem cells, so restrictive to the point where it almost makes it impossible to do. 
And so that clearly is, is a huge problem. And there have been a few shining lights uh, in terms of funding. Uh, I think one of the best of these is the California Institute for Regenerative Medicine, which was a ballot initiative that funds stem cell research in California without really any restrictions to the tune of $3 billion. And there are a few other examples like this, but of course this doesn't compare to what could be done with the federal funds that would be available if these uh, restrictions weren't in place. And is this uh, California Institute for Regenerative Medicine actually distributing any of its money right now? It has recently started to. Who do you think is going to get that money? Is it going to go to academic research, to bio, little biotechs? Who's going to get that money? I think it's a, lar- a large amount of it will go to academic research, but there is the ability for companies to access some of the money as well. And the kind of research that you're doing, would that be eligible for the kind of money that this group is handing out? Hopefully, we have an application under consideration there, so I'll tell you uh, in a few months. So you mentioned that the research that was just done in Japan and the United States where they took skin cells and turned them into embryonic stem cells. Tell us what that really means. Well, I think that the meaning of that is several fold. I think that one of the important implications of that is that a lot of the ethical issues that are present in terms of destroying human embryos in order to make embryonic stem cell lines will obviously disappear if you are able to make stem cells from adult cells. You know, of course, not all of the issues disappear because the questions of cloning and things like that are still are still there, but a lot of the issues will at least be much easier to deal with. I think in terms of the basic biology, it for a very long time, there's been this idea that, that development is sort of a, a one-way road, that once an embryonic stem cell differentiates into the more specialized cells that are present in the adult, that it can't really go back. So we've known for, for a long time that it is possible to get cells which go from a more differentiated to a more primitive state. In fact, that's been known for decades. But although the idea that, that cells can de-differentiate has been around, the ability to take cells from the adult and get them to become uh, essentially very similar to, if not identical to, embryonic stem cells has been something which has been sort of a long sought after, but not possible up until very recently. We all hope that stem cells will create future medical miracles. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Ophir Klein, a craniofacial development expert from the University of California, San Francisco, for giving us some incisive insights into the stem cell research to regenerate organs. This is Dr. Bruce Bloom. I'm your host. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Stay on top of the latest medical topics by visiting our new website at ReachMD.com, where we welcome your questions and comments. And by using the promotion code RADIO when you're registering online, you can receive six months of complete access to our on-demand library of podcasts, including this one. Thank you very much for listening.